From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. Thanks for inviting me into your home, long-haul truck, taxi, RV, camper, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. A special hello to uh, those of you listening in on one of our affiliate stations and, of course, the podcast, TalkZone.com. However and wherever you're listening, I bid thee welcome, and I thank you for your fine company. Uh, Jonathan Kahn is with us for the uh, second hour as well. Uh, in the first hour, of course, we discussed his new book, The Book of Mysteries. And for the next hour, Cuban dictator Fidel Castro died the 25th of November at the age of 90. And then uh, in a column published on WND.com, Jonathan related a story that could not be told until now, a story that he has waited years to tell. And uh, Jonathan, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show, first of all. Great to be back, Richard, always. And again, congratulations on the uh, the Book of Mysteries, and we'll, um, we'll tell people how to get a copy of that again a little bit later. But you sort of open the story at, at the end of Castro's life uh, and his ashes being laid to rest in Santiago, Cuba, which was sort of the seat of the revolution. Uh, and this um, allowed you, once Castro was dead and gone, allowed you to tell a story that goes back to 1999. And, and pick yes. it up from there if you could. Yeah, well, first, I mean, and not that many people need to have an introduction for Fidel Castro, but, you know, in a nutshell, you know, this is somebody who had, who had ruled the island of Cuba. Um, you know, there are those who say he brought literacy and all that, but, uh, you know, and at the same time, you know, there, he really ruled it with a rod of iron, and uh, uh, he basically banned the gospel um, and, you know, had really th- thousands and thousands in prison, killed and all that. He, he he came to power in 1959 when he entered. You know, actually, when the, when Batista, the dictator, fled the island, and he was greeted as a hero then. But then, you know, what happened was actually the, the entire the entire world. He's been in our world for so long. He's been in the news so long. Um, and at one point, almost what happened in Cuba almost brought the world to destruction. Of course, it was the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, so it's been an amazing figure, uh, a divisive figure in many ways. But here's what happened. Um, and, you know, and I want to tell you this: that you know, we read about in the Bible that that there is behind history is the hand of God, and that's what I'm, where I'm going to reveal. And, and I've never, you know, just I just put that in the article, but I've and I've never spoken about this on any media. Uh, Richard, you're the first because you asked me to do this. I've I've really held silent about it, but it's really going to be the, a mystery that is behind everything, history and how God works and and this whole thing. What happened was in 1999, I was asked to come over to the house of a of a man in New Jersey, where we are, for a secret meeting, and who was a man from Cuba, and he said that Fidel Castro has agreed to open up the island of Cuba for a one-month cele- uh, opening for the gospel. It's going to be called the Evangelical Celebration. And it was because the believers there asked him, because he opened it, he had the Pope come, and so he was going to show that he had re- religious freedom. Well, there wasn't a lot of religious freedom, but we said for one month we'll show the world we have it. And so it was really the first time since the revolution that there was an allowance for that, a public display of, you know, religiousness. And, and the guy who's telling me this spoke of an evil king of Israel who at the end of his life turned good or did some good, and he says, we want you to come to Cuba and open up this, this whole thing with the sounding of the shofar. 
And I prayed about it and said yes. And so it was called, the, again, the Evangelical Celebration of Cuba. Just uh, Sorry, so, let me just jump in, uh, yeah, Jonathan. Sure. Explain for our listeners who, who aren't familiar with the shofar. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the shofar... The shofar is the ancient trumpet. It's the ram's horn. It's, it's, it's horns. It's, it's what was sounded on the day of Jubilee, which actually is linked to the Shemitah and the mystery of the Shemitah. And so it was sounded to, to declare freedom, which I'll get into that. But it's, it's that ram's horn. It's, it's a biblical trumpet, really. And so this whole thing was to begin on the east of the island and, and move westward across the island, just the way his revolution did, and conclude on Revolutionary Square. And so there were going to be there were going to be all these gatherings of believers for the first time publicly, and um, and in many ways, again, it paralleled that revolutionary thing. Now, before, but now, in, in, in actually, and, and it's a great time that you're airing this, Matthew 2.1 says, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east who come to worship him. Now, one week before leaving for Cuba, a man from Cuba comes, appears at our service in the Jerusalem Center in, in New Jersey, and he, wants, and he wants to speak to me. And, I don't, and he didn't know what, I, that we were even planning to go to Cuba. And he, he had been in prison for his faith under Castro. And he begins to speak to us prophetically. And he says, you will go to Cuba as the Magi bearing gifts, and you will enter the places where no one else could enter, and you'll enter the palace of the king. Wait a second, he had no idea that you were even planning to go to Cuba? No, he, yeah, he came. He just happened to come. He's not from America. He, he happened to come. He was visiting, I guess, in America. He happened to come to our service from Cuba, and then, and then afterwards is when he heard. But he, he came without knowing. Remarkable. And, and he, so he gives this word about the Magi for some reason. And so, I, so I'm praying about, like, what word should I give to Cuba? I mean, you know, and, and, and what came to me immediately was the message of the Jubilee. And that's in Leviticus 25. And that is, and it, it says, count, you will count seven sevens of years, seven times seven years. So that seven Sabbath years or seven will amount to a period of 49 years. Then you'll have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the tenth day. You will proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you will return to your family's property and to your clan. The 50th year shall be a jubilee. Now, this is where we get the word jubilee. Jubilee concerns, it was, a, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, actually concerns freedom for the land. It's liberty. You know, in, in Philadelphia, we have the Liberty Bell. Well, right. that's based on the jubilee. They took the scripture from oh, jubilee, I, put it on a bell. Amazing, says, yeah, you'll, pro- amazing. you'll proclaim liberty for the land, but it wasn't a, wasn't a bell in the Bible. It was a shofar. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so the Jubilee, it concerns those who have lost their land, lost their family's possession, and lost their freedom. Well, well that, that, was, that was Cuba. <laughs> That's Cuba, Cuba, all right. Starting yeah. in 1959 with Castro's rule. So Cuba's filled with people. I mean, there are people in America, you, you meet every Washington, probably in Canada, who have lost their land in Cuba, lost their families' inheritance, all that, and their freedom. So I, I plan to go throughout Cuba proclaiming the Jubilee, the power of God for freedom and restoration. And, you know, and so the message was spiritual, but you could take the message in a lot of ways. So it was actually a very dangerous message to proclaim. I'm going through the sure. land saying freedom you know, and restoration and liberty. But I was also led to bring something to Fidel Castro. And, and there was no guarantee that we'd ever get to him but if the, or get this to him. But if the Lord opened the door, this, what I was led to do was to give him three things. One was a Bible in Spanish, which probably in many ways was banned in many places, a letter to him, and a shofar with some scripture on it, the shofar of Jubilee. 
and which again was a symbol of freedom. Now, not that he knew that, but a symbol of freedom. So I, I came, I arrived in Cuba with people from the congregation, and we landed, and we've had a pass-through inspection, and the Cuban police, they're going through everything in the luggage, and they come up to the Jubilee shofar. And they didn't know what it was, but they found it suspicious. They thought it was a dangerous weapon. <laughs> and they held it up, passed it back and forth, looked at it, and, and they would not let us go forward because of the shofar. And so I decided, you know, I don't know what to do here. So I said, let me, let me go up to them. So I go up to them, and I take the shofar, and said, let me, let me, let me sound it right here. Let me demonstrate it for you. Yes. yes exactly. <laughs> exactly. What a, and whatever it does, the chips, let the chips fall where they may. So, so I sounded it, and they looked stunned. And then they let us go. <laughs> so we what, got through. What, the was the, what about bringing the Bible into Cuba? Was that even an issue? Well, the, what they did is they, they stopped all our materials at the station, and, and we didn't see our materials for a good while. And only at a certain point, I don't know if it was a week later, they finally released the materials, which would, be the, which would include the Bible. Um, so, you know, I, 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 they, they held it up, but I guess, I don't know if it's because we were Americans or because we were part of this thing that, that Castro wanted to show the world, who knows? But we ended up getting it. And so I had a Bible. You know, I, again, but no guarantee I'm ever going to see Fidel Castro or, or give it to him. Well, now here's what happened. What, now, we, they, they told us in Cuba, you know, don't attract any crowds, you know, for this, don't do anything. Well, I was, we were in a Cuban store, and when I come out, I see this whole crowd around our, gathered around our van of Cubans. Someone had spotted the shofar in the van, and a large crowd gathered around it, and they, they're saying, no, blow it, blow it. And I'm looking, I don't, I don't know if I should do this here, because we can get arrested. So I, but I said, let me just do it. So I blow the shofar. One of the men there starts jumping up and down and screaming. And I said, what's going, we said, what's going on? What's happening? He, they said, the man is, has been deaf. He heard the sound of the shofar. Oh, my Lord. So now in the following weeks, we're going, through the, we're going through the churches of Cuba. And sometimes these churches are in barns or bus stops, or, but everyone yeah. is over, overflowing. Essentially, and, these are underground churches, wouldn't they be? Yes. I mean, I mean pretty much, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because they're not, they're, even though you know, the government was aware of them, they have like secret police in each one, and they don't let them grow much, or they don't let them have a building, that's, but they're overflowing. And so, in the, so I'm watching in the midst of this persecution of, of the cow from Castro, there's revival going on. And we wanted to give them strength and hope. But something happened in place after place where I went in Cuba. The people in these churches would come up to me, and they'd say, we saw visions of you coming before you did, or we had a dream of you coming. And we see visions of you now as coming as the Magi. Wow. And it hit me, you know, this is the word that that pastor had given, you're going to come as the Magi, and then it hits me the significance of what it was. Because, see, what, what, what is this, this whole picture of, of, you know, of Christmas, and, the whole, and that is that you have this, the Magi come to this unlikely place to witness a miracle, and the newborn life of God, it's a place where there is a king in power who is basically tyrannical, who doesn't allow any freedom, which was Herod, and he is, and he's, he's trying to stop the birth, you know, and, and of this thing. And the, the birth was the, the birth of, of, was the presence of Jesus in Cuba, which was being born. This is amazing thing happening there. And yet you have this king in the midst of it. And the king, it's like revival is about to come to Cuba. And, and as the Magi, we were there to encourage them, give them gifts, give them blessing, give them hope. And yet at the same time, 
there's opposition. There's a throne. There's an aging king on the throne. Yes, you are being watched heard. by King Herod's spies. We are, and we, yeah. I mean, in the account, Herod, Herod, you know, he he wants to watch what's going on with the Magi. He calls them in. Well, it turned out that Fidel Castro was watching me. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll mention what happened with that. But as with Herod, and, so, and there were secret police and 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 all these things. And Herod was, as with Herod, he was paranoid, you know, and he had a way of disposing people, you know, yes. disposing of people they needed. So, so to them, to Herod, the Magi were not a sign of hope, it was a sign of alarm, what's going on? Well, that actually would happen with concerning Castro, I'll get to now. Let, not, the, and not to put too yeah. fine a point on it, but, uh, you know, to continue sort of the Magi theme, yeah. we were traveling from the East. Uh-huh. Yeah, yes, that's right. You know what? That, you know what? You know what, Richard? I haven't thought about this probably for years, and you just triggered that. You know, you know, the place where we had our headquarters in 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 uh, Cuba was called was the city, and the region is called the Orientes, uh-huh. which it means the East, <laughs> literally the East. <laughs> I mean, you just triggered it. So, so we uh, so we're here at the eastern end of the island. And it's called Moa, and the, the celebration is going to be in. It's the first public gathering since the revolution of the gospel um, of, of believers. And the commun- there's communist officials all around. And I'm called up to open it with the sounding of the shofar. So I did. The communist officials are puzzled. They're asking. The word came back. They want to know why am I blowing this Jewish horn. They had no idea. But someone else was watching, which was Fidel Castro. And the, the event was reported back to him, of course. But it will also be, the events would be televised. So and some of it was televised so the entire Ireland could see it. So it was later reported back to us that Castro was asking about me, and he was saying, he was saying, who is this man with a beard causing such a ruckus? <laughs> Listen, we're gonna we're gonna uh, okay. hold it right there. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and uh, continue to discuss this month-long jubilee, a month-long celebration of the gospel that was opened up in Cuba uh, in 1999, and uh, Jonathan. Uh, Khan is there with uh, some other uh, pastors and so forth, bringing uh, gifts, whether or not he'll get to see Fidel Castro, we'll find out. This again happened in 1999. And uh, Jonathan Khan, of course, the author of The Book of Mysteries. We'll discuss further right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. The owners of the system are asleep. Now we can play The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. We're back with Jonathan Kahn and uh, his latest book, The Book of Mysteries. Jonathan, how do we get a copy of that? The Book of Mysteries is available literally everywhere. You can get it online now. You can get it on Amazon. And you can also get it wherever books are, from Walmart to every other place. And you'll recognize it because it looks like an ancient book that's actually in the Book of Mysteries. Uh, You can't miss it. All right, so back to Cuba. So um, you're uh, you're participating in this month-long, it's a window that Castro has opened up to allow yes. at least the perception of religious freedom in Cuba. We yes. know that that's just kind of window dressing, but you were there to take advantage of that, nonetheless. Yes. Yes. You come to Cuba with a shofar and a, and a Bible that you're hoping to give to Castro, uh, and uh, yes. you're being watched closely by yes. Castro's minions. Yes. And yes. Uh, so so continue on, uh, on the journey yeah, it, and he, yeah, and, and yeah. So one of the questions was what we said before. He wanted to know who the man with the beard was, but he also he also asked, what is this Jewish man doing in the churches? Because he, that he didn't understand right, either. Right. So we're moving across the the island ultimately to Havana Revolutionary Square. 
Now, I had asked the man, you know, who, was the, who at that time was the leader of our Spanish ministry, a man named Felix, to translate for me when I spoke throughout Cuba. So he did. So I'm speaking about Jubilee. I'm speaking about freedom. I'm even speaking about the revolution of God. And he would, he would get very nervous because he knew that in very, every place there's secret police, there's informers, they're planted in the gathering. So, so as, and, and not only that, just as potentially dangerous, all over the island, all over church buildings, all over walls, houses, taxi cabs, there are posters plastered proclaiming the words, El Jubileo Viene, or the Jubilee is coming. Now again, remember what that means. That means freedom, release will come. And under those words is a picture of me blowing the shofar. So, so, so it's already a danger around it. Yeah, I'm now, guessing Castro is now starting to get nervous, thinking, oh my gosh, what have I unleashed? And here you are retracing the footsteps of his very own revolution. Yes, yes. And, and there's a lot to that, yes. And I, I believe that's exactly the case. Yeah, and on the way to Havana, we stopped for something to eat, and I noticed a book, and it's about Fidel Castro and religious faith, his, his or, or faith. And I pick it up, and I read on the way, and most people don't, first of all, don't realize the name of this communist revolutionary leader, Fidel, literally means faith, number one. Wow. Secondly, but as a young boy, this boy named Faith began to lose faith, and he tells the story how each year at Christmas time he'd write a letter to the Magi. He was always waiting for the Magi to come. And what he received, and he was disappointed from, from his parents, was a cardboard trumpet. Oh. Trumpet. And, 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 and he knew it was his parents, so when the Magi never came, he began to lose faith. And from, so I mean, it's amazing. I mean, we had no idea. And we got this, we got this word prophecy about the, us going as the Magi. And literally it began, I mean, all this revolution, prison camps, firing squad, atheism, this, all that began with the Magi who never came. And the disappointment yeah. over a cardboard trumpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's uh, literally, Richard, he actually literally banned the celebration of Christmas throughout the island. I mean, you know, here's the boy, you know. Wow, and here you are, the the Magi <laughs> coming to Havana. Yeah, yeah, and it was as if, and it was like, and I didn't, re- I mean, we knew nothing, nothing of it, but the Lord had already led me to bring a, a, tr- a real trumpet, you know, the very thing he was asking. All right, so now, the last stop before Havana, we go to a province called Camaway. And for my, my translator, Felix, it's his last night of ministry. He's got to go back to America. He's been there for three weeks. We have one more week to get to Havana. I had no idea when I first asked him to join me that he actually was born in Cuba, that his family lost everything in the revolution, their possessions, their ancestral land, everything. His grandfather, before leaving Cuba, he put, a, he put the deed, he buried it in, in the soil, just like kind of Jeremiah does. And, they, and they, they flee to America, where Felix grows up, he comes to the Lord, and, and he comes born again, and he, 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 one day he's, he goes to Israel, praying at the Western Wall, and, he, and he, he gets it from the Lord, and he prays there that one day he can return to Cuba, to his family's land, and to his lost inheritance, and there he would build a church on that land, and there in that land he would preach the gospel. I had no idea, but that was his dream. So here we are in Cuba. It's the return of Felix to his land. He's translating me. I'm preaching the Jubilee, which says everybody's going to return to their land, to their possession, and to be restored. And he's the one who's translating it into, you know, into, into, into Spanish. I'm telling them, I'm saying, listen, with this trumpet, I'm a sign to you. And he's saying, I'm a sign. We had no idea. He literally was a sign of a man who had lost, it's the Jubilee. I mean, the whole thing. Remarkable. And, Remarkable. And so now it's the last night in Camaway. We've never been there before. They, they take us to a place where we're supposed to minister. Now it's a farm in the middle of nowhere. So much in the middle of nowhere. 
Uh, literally, there are vultures circling our bus. <laughs> and, I mean, literally, literally. And we get there. It's a farm. There's nobody there. There's no people. Who are gonna, and they literally, they, the people start coming in on cattle cars, hundreds of people. They, had it, that, they, they bring them in, and we're going to minister. Well, we're, before I'm ready to go on to minister, I look for my translator, Felix. He's wandering around the farm, and he's in a daze. I said, what's wrong? What happened? He said, he said I just discovered this land, this farm, where we're going to minister it's my inheritance. Oh, it's my grandfather's my farm. Oh, my it's my word. family's land that we lost to the revolution. Here on his last night, God brought him home to the land. I mean, here we are preaching Jubilee, Jubilee, which says literally every man shall return to his property. All the, of all the farms in Cuba, he had to yeah. bring you there. Anywhere in Cuba, I mean, we had no idea. And, and as far and, and and so here it is. It's actually like we were a living prophecy. And as for the church, you know, he dreamed of building a church there on his land. He didn't have to build it because he found they already built it for him. And it was all it was waiting for him. Oh, it was waiting for us that night. The pastor of that church on his land, without knowing it, reads from Leviticus twenty-five: "Every man shall return to his own property." Has no idea about what happened. Fulfillment that of scripture. Night, hmm. No. Yeah. Exactly. And that night he. Felix preaches there, and and all this time, so it meant that every step he took was leading up to that. So we're preaching Jubilee, and he is literally a prophetic manifestation. I mean, literally. Because he's so preaching that, inside the church on his ancestral land. Yes, yes. His, his lifelong dream, he had no idea. <laughs> so, so, and that's also how awesome God is. Now he leaves. Now we head to Revolution, and we head to Havana. We arrive in the capital city of Havana. There are now seven of us there. And only then we realized something, that the majority of us in the seven were all born in the year of the revolution. We had no idea until that. You're moment. all born in 59. Yep, yep. I mean, the majority of us, we had no idea. No idea until then. We didn't, it didn't hit us. Every day that we're there, I'd gaze out at my hotel room, from my hotel room, and I'd see this castle, this centuries-old Spanish castle by the sea. I had no idea what it was. But I'm led, and there's something about it. There's something about this. We've got to go there. We've got to go there. It was an Spa, old Spanish castle. We go through with these like ancient chambers. We turn a corner, and suddenly we behold this massive painting that stuns us. It's a painting of the Magi. Oh, man. It turns out that the castle we're in, which is, by the way, is a national symbol of Cuba. It's called El Moro. Yes. Yes, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. You, you see, you see, you know it. Yeah, you see it on on Cuban cigar boxes, actually, mm -hmm. and and it's a symbol of the island, which is made sense because it's a fortress. The island became a fortress, but literally, the full title isn't El, just El Moro. It's El Moro. It's the castle of the three kings of the Magi. Oh, get out of town! Yes, yes, it's El Moro, the Tres Reyes, something like that. It's the El Moro of the yeah. And we had no idea, and and in the painting, standing next to the Magi, is something is a boy. He's holding in his hand an object that looks like a shofar. Of course, the very of thing course. To Havana. Oh, I, I tell you, this entire uh, hour, um, the, just the hackles on the back <laughs> of my neck have been standing up every twenty seconds. It's another <laughs> uh, fulfillment of scripture. This is remarkable. Jonathan Kahn is here. Uh, his latest book is the Book of Mysteries, and right now we're talking about his historic trip to Cuba, uh, a jubilee in nineteen ninety nine. Um, we just have a, we have a few minutes before the break, so we'll just keep humming along. And um, yeah. so now you're in, you're in Havana. You visited yeah. El Moro, the castle by the sea, which is called the Castle of the Three Kings. Yeah. Inside, there's a painting uh, of um, the um, 
a, a boy, uh, the Magi, and a yes. boy holding in his hand uh, an object that looks like a yes. shofar. All right. Yes. Yeah. Now, we, we were in Havana. We minister in a church in Havana. The pastor had gone through persecution, and he's, he's praying, and he's actually weeping. And, he, and I, I'm speaking a word to him. He weeps. He's just, you know, he's just touching him. Then he starts speaking to his congregation, and he starts speaking about a star appearing in the east. And he says, these visitors have come to us as they've been following the star. He says, I see the Magi, and I see them going into Herod's palace. Hmm. Now, now, I mean, this is what, they had no idea. This is the same word that was given to us before we started. We had no idea what it was. Right by that pastor in New Jersey who was imprisoned yeah. in Cuba, right. And we had no idea. We had no idea about this, this thing called, the, you know, I mean, he's doing this, how we would all go with the Magi and the trumpet and Castro as a boy and the, and the castle. And, I mean, you could say we were following a spiritual star, but we hadn't seen a physical star, of course. But now we're getting near the, the final part of our journey, but one thing's missing. We kind of joke to each other, are we going to see a star in Havana? You know, and, and the final destination is Revolutionary Square. Right, right. And, and the day before the final gathering in Revolutionary Square, we decided to go there to and, and to pray on the site where the, the gathering's going to be, and it may be that even Castro will come to that gathering. And so, oh, and, and now do you want me to, I can, I, something's going to happen. Do you want me to break? <laughs> we well, we've got about three minutes here, John. Oh, okay. So let's, okay. yeah, let's keep going. So here's what happened. So, so we pray, so we're there, and over Revolutionary Square is a towering monument. And it was, it was a monument that was lit up each night, marking the square. Jose Marti. A, yeah, Jose Marti yes, Memorial. you got it. Yeah. You got Jose Marti Memorial. And it was from this site that Castro often spoke. I mean, that's, that was the thing. We, and I'm led to go inside. Now, we've seen it every night. It's all lit up. But I'm going inside, and some of the group go inside. And inside, they give us each a button to pin on our shirts. And on the button is a star. Now, the government oh. it's, the official inside begins to reveal something. They, the, the woman says, the tower is built in the shape of a star. So from the sky, it forms a star. It was literally the star that was going to mark the final destination of our journey. Wow. And it actually marks two destinations because it's going to mark the place where God's people are going to gather together, and it also marks the presidential, it's right over the presidential palace from which Fidel Castro rules the island. So just as the star of the Magi, I mean, get this, the star of the Magi led them to Jerusalem, to Herod's palace, it also led them to Bethlehem to see the, the birth, the newborn birth. So the star, our star here, they literally, is going to actually lead us to the, which is going to be the palace of the king, like a Herod. And it's also going to lead us to the place where we're going to have that gathering, which is really the birth of a revival, the presence of Jesus. And every night, we would see that star, we'd see it lit up, and we'd watch it, and we wouldn't even, we, didn't, we, were, we were watching it every night and had no idea it was going to mark the final destination of our journey. Do you know what the star represented to the revolution? Why did they have the, those stars on the pin? Do we, do we know? Well, the, the star was on the pin because it represents the star of the tower, which right. is, which is, but the tower, interesting, the tower was built just, just before, I mean, I don't know, it might have been months before Castro came in. It was actually built under Batista. Ah. And so, and so, and so we, and so I, sh, you know, I haven't found out yet why they did that in a star, but that's an interesting thing, but, but it nevertheless is a star. Uh, and it marked your final destination. Just as in, just as in the in the Christmas account, just as in the Magi account. This yeah. is remarkable. Maybe before we move on, and we've got about just less than a minute here before we break. As all of these things, these fulfillment, the, the fulfillment of Scripture and and so forth, is is piling up one thing after the other. What is going through your mind? 
we we are being blown away, Richard. You know, and I, I'm and and what I'm you know everything is blowing us away. And I will you know, and there's things like I have not even sure we might even be able to share it here. It's not even in the article, and, and, and I'm sharing. By the way, I'm giving you more detail than the article. But we are just being blown away. I mean, if I told you, they were blown away like every day. And we're just we you know what it's like. It's just like listen, we know we know we're in the right spot at the right time. We're in the path, and when you're when you're in that path of you know in the right footsteps, you're you're in God's will. He, anything happens. I mean, I mean, he blows us away, and he and he does. He just blew us away. We're just blown away, and we just we're just like players in a, in this gigantic thing. And Lord, we just don't want to mess it up. Just lead us. You know, we can't wait to see the next thing. And and was there a sense that the, the people? I know, you know, people were showing up at the churches and and so forth, and were very curious. But was did you have the sense that there was this real hunger among the the Cuban people to to worship? Yes. Yes. Totally. I mean. Totally. I mean, it, it was, again, it was every single place I went to was overflowing with people. It wasn't because of me. It was because the beginning of a revival. Everywhere. And again, we went, I, I mentioned a few things. It happened all over. That all of Cuba, people were saying they had dreams. They knew we were coming. They knew I was coming. They saw me before we came. All right. It, we'll, was, it was happening all over. We'll take a time out, come back, and continue to talk about this historic trip to Cuba in 1999. Jonathan Kahn, The Book of Mysteries, right here, The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. We are back with Jonathan Kahn, The Book of Mysteries. And uh, right now we are discussing his trip to Cuba in 1999. Every leg of this journey, just another fulfillment of, of Scripture as we're discovering. At a certain point, you receive an invitation to actually enter the presidential palace. Tell me about that. The final thing was that at Revolutionary Square, and Fidel Castro came and witnessed it. And we were there in the square, and we were all aware. We talked to his person. They spoke to us as well. And, we, and at that gathering, I actually wasn't led to sound the shofar. I was led to just hold it up for some reason. I was just led to hold the shofar the whole time as I was there. But, but, but we then, arrangements began there that would lead me to present uh, the gift there, or the gifts that I again had no idea I'd be able to, it would be able to get to him initially. The gathering was over. I received the official invitation, and this is with, this is from Fidel Castro through his person. Um, and as in the prophetic word that was given to us, I I enter with a translator. I enter into the palace of the king, basically, and I'm greeted there by one of his right-hand people, who's one of the heads of his government, who tells us, told us, told our, my translator, the, the commandant, they called the commandant, the commandant was very much aware of him, of me, and was watching my journey throughout Cuba you know, with great interest. And again, I kind of think of Herod. <laughs> right, you know? right. And, and so I bring him inside the, the, the gifts, the Bible in Spanish, uh, a note with a message that I had written to him to hopefully touch his heart, and the shofar, the sign of the jubilee, and they bring it. They 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 bring the gifts in. Now, after that, we get word from Castro that that he thanked me for the for what you know, for what was given, and he specifically referenced it. And then and then from the communist government, they wanted to know what the shofar was all about. Okay. Now I'm going to get into what now, now this shofar was a prophetic sign. And, and now, but I'm going to get into what that is because this, some, because this, much of this could not have been told until much until after. But let me share, share something that was not in the article at all or any. I mean, I'm, I'm sharing a lot again, a lot of detail that's not, but a total thing. 
in that last gathering of the Jubilee in Cuba, I'm, I'm led not to sound the shofar, as I said, but hold it up without shouting it. Sounding it. A, sign, a sign of God's freedom and power, but it's like the sense that it wasn't yet. I never returned to the island of Cuba, you know, or sounded the shofar in the Caribbean or in that air region until a number of years later when I went to Haiti. I was invited to go to Haiti. So minister in Haiti, and I'm going to sound the shofar of Jubilee. In the, in the, it's the summer of 2006. It's the first time I'm, I'm back in the Caribbean, first time I'm sounding the shofar since that day, since Cuba, since that gathering. Now, if you look on a map, and I didn't realize this, you look at a map, Haiti is right next door to Cuba. Yes, it's right yes. on the edge of it, basically, if you look at it. I minister, I'm ministering in Haiti, and I'm led the last night to minister about Cuba and what happened in Cuba and the Jubilee, I'm, the whole thing. I'm speaking about the Jubilee. I sound the Jubilee from Haiti. Now, again, Haiti's right next to, to Cuba. And the mission conclude, it concludes the day is we take off from Haiti. We've done, we've sounded the shofar. It's July 31st. July 31st, uh, that, uh, 2006. Well, something happens that day. And again, remember, I, I was led not to sound it in Havana. I sound it and went back there when I come back. On that day, July 31st, 2006, Fidel Castro steps back from power. Ah, uh, and Raul takes on that day, yes. On that day. Wow. On that day. Because of health. Now, it's a temporary stepping back. He transfers his power to Raul. And we, we, we fly back from Haiti to Miami. They're all going crazy in Miami. Same day, but it's the same day that, that I sound on the edge of Cuba, sound, sound this, the, the shofar since the day of Havana with Fidel Castro. Remarkable. But, now, now, but the, now Castro, you know, he gets close. He was, his reign is still there. He's still, he's still the, the reigning, the, the reigning president. But, but the end would, would not be yet. And so giving the trumpet of Jubilee to Fidel Castro was a biblical reminder. Of, and that's what the point was. The power of God for freedom, a prophetic sign that, that God's power for freedom is greater than the bondage of man. Now, the Cuban Revolution had caused millions of Cubans to lose their land, homes, as we said, freedom, the very thing that Jubilee is about. And it all began... As the Batista government collapsed and Castro and his guerrillas swept into Havana at the beginning of the year 1959. Now, here is the thing, which I didn't realize at the time. The trumpet, I mean, I realized it was a prophetic sign. I gave it to him as a prophetic sign. But that Jubilee trumpet is linked to a mathematical timing, a countdown to the end of a bondage. Quick question. I mean, do you have the sense, do you know whether Castro got that message when he received that shofar, he must have remembered as a child the cardboard trump at the, and the, yes. his disappointment, and yes. now he has this in his hands. Yes, he thanked me specifically for the message I wrote to him, which I reminded him about the Magi, and in that message I spoke about the meaning of the trumpet of Jubilee. Oh. Now, I don't think he fully realized how it linked to him, <laughs> that this is for freedom, all these things I wrote to him, and he thanked me for it, and specifically. All right, we'll uh, take a time out, come back. Jonathan Kahn, The Book of Mysteries, available everywhere. We'll come back and talk about Castro and Kahn's trip to Cuba and the Jubilee there. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go... Fasten your seatbelt and put your tray in the upright position. You're about to leave everything you know behind on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. We are back with Jonathan Kahn, the Book of Mysteries, 365 mysteries uh, contained therein, one for every day if you choose. All right, so this Jubilee trumpet, you say, was linked to a mathematical formula to the ending of bondage, in other words, the ending of Castro's reign. Yes, 
Well, here and that's and literally, I mean, literally, that was the subtext, Richard. Because if you look, and that's why we the posters were there saying the jubilee is coming. Is it had to do with exactly that, and not that that's the the that's that's the finishing of all freedom. Obviously, it's not, but it's the beginning of something. Now, for the jubilee, but it's major because it all began with his reign in 1959. Well, the jubilee ordains a countdown, so that trumpet is a sound is a sign of a countdown. And what it says, and this goes back to Leviticus, okay? And you see how Leviticus, you know, the Book of Mysteries. We talked about the mystery of America beginning on an ancient Hebrew day linked to a mystery from the Bible. Well, this is also, this is from Leviticus. This is going to involve Cuba. It says, you shall count off seven sevens of years, seven times seven years, they said, that it will mount to a period of 49 years. Then sound the, then it talks about the trumpet. What happens if you take the biblical countdown of Jubilee, apply it to Castro's reign, starting with the year 1959, the moment Cuba lost its freedom, count seven sevens of years, seven sevens to 49 years, where does it take you? It takes you to the year 2008. Did anything significant happen in the year 2008? Did anything come to a finish that year? 2008 is the year that ended the rule of Fidel Castro. His entire reign goes from 1959 to 2008, comprises the biblical timing of the Jubilee. Seven sevens of years, 49 years, the exact biblical countdown to the year of release, and the very thing we were proclaiming and the very thing I gave to him. He resigns. You know, one of the headlines says Castro resigns presidency after 49 years, mm-hmm. seven times seven. Then you pro- seven times seven before the jubilee. Then you proclaim the jubilee. Now let me give you something else with this, and it's not in the article. Castro was officially sworn into power in in February 1959. That's where he took his first office. The third week of February on Monday. What happens if you take that? The Monday, third week of February, 1959, adds the biblical days of the Jubilee, seven times seven years, comes to the year 2008, the third week of February. It was the third week of February, 2008, that Castro resigned from power. He was sworn into office Monday, third week, February, the days of the Jubilee, 797, to Monday, the third week of February, 2008, is the day he hands in his resignation. I mean, and, and literally, to, wow. to the day. Now, let me give you another thing, to the day. What happens if we take the, you take the actual day he, he literally came to power, which was actually when Batista leaves, he becomes the leader of Cuba. January day, 1. That's exactly it. It was the very beginning. It was New Year's Day, 1959. Take that exact, and add, what happens if you begin the countdown? A jubilee of years and a jubilee of days. Castro's rate, as you said, begins January 1st. If you start the countdown from January 1st, the actual day he, he, he reigns, 1959, jubilee of years, a jubilee of days. Seven times seven years, seven times seven days. The countdown culminates on February 19th, 2008. Anything significant? After nearly a half a century, the rule of Fidel Castro ends on February 19th, 2008, the exact day of the Jubilee of Days and the Jubilee of Years, the exact day. Wow. And, and, and this is, I mean, you know, when I asked the Lord for what, what word I was to give to Cuba, when I proclaimed this, the Jubilee, when I gave him the, the, the Jubilee, when I said the Jubilee was coming, behind it all was this literal, literal mystery. I mean, God is, I mean, went exactly to the 49th day of the 49th year, not a day longer. That would, and, and this was the most enduring grip of power of anybody, aside from, from Queen Elizabeth, in, in modern history. And if you think about all the things that kept him in power, I mean, literally, I mean, you know, I mean, the, the weapons, you know, control, propaganda, all the state government, 
fear, prisons, all, even the strongest superpower, America couldn't do it. And all the fall of the Soviet Union didn't do it, but the Jubilee removed him. <laughs> you know, the Jubilee, the ancient, the ancient sign of God's freedom does it, you know, and it's just like when you look in the, the Christmas story, you look at the, the account of, of Mary, you know, and she's, Mary, or her real name, was, of course, was Miriam, she's raised in the shadow of King Herod, she's living under a police state, basically, Right. and, and she says in her praise to God, she says, she says, he's performed mighty deeds, he has brought down rulers from their thrones, he has lifted up the humble, and and what it says at the end of that story is that you know it says well listen Herod's going to die you know and the thing is that you know we could not see all this but it was all I mean amazing thing Richard that every single moment of Castro's reign was all leading up to the exact day which goes back to what's ordained in Leviticus and again we didn't know I didn't know the exact count as I'm getting to him but I did know what the jubilee was all about and just like the the story of Christmas as we're here on Christmas the the time of Christmas is that you know in the time of Herod, you got Herod who has all power. You got this little, this little infant who has no power. But in the end, Herod is gone. It passes away. But this little infant be- becomes the most powerful life that has ever lived on this earth. You know, which says something right. about how God works. And and it, and the same thing. You know, in Cuba, you know, Fidel Castro is gone, and and the the, the throne is crumbling of that. But in Cuba. There is a there, that revival that started when we that started as we saw when we were there has never stopped. It has never stopped. It has gone on and on and on and on. And here, you know, Fidel Castro was proclaiming communism. God is dead, or God doesn't exist. And you know, you have all these all these you know the, the lie of communism. You know, as the man is God, it ends up bringing a hell on earth. But but here you have the true revolution which is the power of Messiah. And that's what I was proclaiming. That's what we were proclaiming. And when I watched, you know, re- very recently, as Cubans were paying their last respects to, to Castro, they're lining up to enter the star, to enter the Jose Marti Memorial, right. which is a star. They're heading, the- to, they're heading to the star. They don't even know it. No, and that's the funeral. That's where the funeral took place. That's where it's declared over and all those things. And so, you know, literally, I mean, that and even that when I told you about the, the El, El Moro that you knew about, El Moro, but El Moro of the, the, the castle that represents Cuba, the fortress that represents Cuba, but also, but also it's a lighthouse, too. And I, I believe that, that, that what can come forth from Cuba can be, you know, can be a, I mean, literally what has spread a revolution of, of communism can spread a revolution of Messiah. There's the revolution is never, it's almost like Herod died, but now the life of Messiah goes on. They, he tried to, you know, Castro tried to legislate this life out, tried to persecute it out, tried to intimidate it out, but after all is said and done, Castro is gone, but Messiah, Jesus, lives. Despite the firing squads and the uh, the the prison camps and so forth, he, yes. could, he couldn't stamp that out. But and you never can. I mean, every, look at all. Look at all, look, I mean, look at Stalin. Look at Mao. Look at Hitler. They're gone. You know, they couldn't with all their power. But but the name of Messiah Yeshua is still as much alive now as it has ever been. Any thoughts on on what lies ahead for Cuba? Raúl is eighty five himself. He won't be long for this world. Then he has his sons apparently ready to take power. I mean, conceivably, yeah. that reign yeah. could continue. It, it, it could, it could. I am, 
I am praying for for this this revi- this revival to break the wineskins, and uh, that is what I'm hoping for. I mean, you know the the you know uh, you know it's been under this. I I I believe. I mean, it's going to happen at one point. When it happens is the question. But it, you know, this just as, I believe just as real as everything I just said. This happened to the exact timing. I believe God is not finished. And either way, there's revival. And sometimes I wonder because you know they've had revival under Cuba. You you wonder on one hand you don't want them to get corrupted by everything. You know if they get if, by by all, one of the reasons they had revival is because of the affliction. You know so but but I believe that it, that I believe that that's not going to stop. And and I, at one point that'll come to an end. When it does is the question. I pray sooner than later. Well, President Elect Trump has uh, at least on the campaign trail he has made it known that. Uh, um, unless Cuba um, you know, loosens its reign on on uh, yes, people and, yes. and allows for more religious freedom, he will yes. he will back off on the normalization process that Obama started. So, yes, and, and either way, you know, with, with with you know cutting it off or with or with opening it up, either way can move in either direction. But but this kind of just I, I kind of to me it's kind of saying there's activity going on there. And, you know, and God is not finished, and it's going to be a very interesting story. I mean, you know, if this was an interesting story, it's going to be interesting what, what comes in the future. Uh, we have about four minutes, and I wanted to, um, I guess the last time we spoke, we talked about the mystery of the Shemitah, uh, and these coincide with the Jubilee years, yes. and, and uh, boy, there was a lot going on um, the last couple of years with these blood moons and, and, yes. and so forth, and... Yes. and uh, it was suggested that something major was going to happen September, October in there that sort of, uh, bookended by a couple of blood moons. Give us, okay. uh, give us an update. What's yeah, what? yeah, and let me, let me just say also, I, if you've heard me ever, I mean, and you have, you, you know me, Richard, heard me or read the book, I've always, the first thing is I always caution, always caution strongly, God, you can't go put God in a box, nothing has to happen at any time, uh, just because either, I'm always, I was, I was probably cautioning more than anybody at the same time, saying, be ready, be ready. Um, the thing is this, you know, uh, first of all, I can't speak of the blood moons, I mean, Mark Bills, you know, you know, can speak more, but as far as the Shemitah, but the overall pattern of the Shemitah absolutely took place, and that is that, that in the book, in the mystery of the Shemitah, it, go, it goes through the pattern that happens, it's over, over 50 years, and the last eight of them, and including the last one. And basically the overall pattern is, it doesn't have to happen at that exact time, and that's what, people, the last two times it did, so people were focusing on that, but, but the the overall pattern is an economic uh, an economic fall at the, of the stock market of of all different realms. Well, this year, the, the year of the Shemitah, 2013, was the worst year for the stock market since the last Shemitah. It was the first time it went into the red since the Shemitah of 2008. It was it saw the collapse of of markets all around the world, particularly as it approached the time of of the 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 biblical time period, which is the month of Elul heading to Tishri. Uh, the the Chinese market was the worst collapse probably in any history of any any stock market in history during this time the trade it was a global trade collapse it was a global uh, global uh, collapse of earnings global collapse of industry all these things it was the first time it was the worst collapses since the last Shemitah and so it actually the overall pattern totally did and it, and it kind of kept going until you reached the end of the Shemitah and then it started recovering but it was absolutely the worst year in fact it was the worst Year for money all around, and this 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 blew me away. It was the worst year for money since 1937. 
all around. It was the worst year since the Great Depression, which was also a Shemitah in 1937. And you also, it also produced some of the greatest stock market crashes in world history. Of the, of the, of, of seven, actually of the top ten, it produced 20% of the top crashes in world history. So there's a whole thing, and we actually so much sold that we have to add like four chapters updating it, which we're going to do soon, to the mystery of the Shemitah. So ah. the actual long term, nothing had to happen, but God is sovereign, but the long term pattern absolutely manifested. And so then the next uh, Shemitah year will be 2022, is that right? Well, it would be, this one began 14 to 15, so if you add seven years, yeah, yeah, 21 to 20, largely 22, yes. But again, I, as I always, God doesn't, nothing has to happen, God is sovereign, uh, you have to put him in a box, but be aware of these things, because this has actually affected everything. Jonathan, thank you so much for hanging out for two hours, I appreciate it, congratulations on the Book of Mysteries, tell people once again how they can get a copy. Thank you, Richard. Yeah, the Book of Mysteries is literally everywhere. If the Harbinger was one mystery, it's, you're going to have hundreds of the, of the mysteries of God. Um, you can get it on Amazon uh, online now, or you can get it at any bookstore from Walmart onward. And again, you recognize it. It'll say the Book of Mysteries, but it'll look like an ancient book that you're op- that's been opened up for the first time. That's what it looks like. And Richard, it's always a joy. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours, and, uh, and you. the best for 2017, my friend. Jonathan You Kahn. too. Thank oh, you. Bye-bye. Bye, Richard. That's it for us. Again, wishing you all a happy new year from all of us here at The Conspiracy Show. My thanks to uh, Ian and Albert for a great year. Thanks, guys. Couldn't do it without you. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There is nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. And what I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home.